This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to the Coast Channel. Here I like to have deep conversations over cups of coffee about important topics. And today I want to talk about how to have a healthy digital diet. A lot of us use technology in one sense or another, whether it is social media or just using a cell phone or using a laptop or using the internet for work or for school. It's, these things are pretty much just like little tiny smart robots now and no one really taught us how to ride that wave, you know, that very progressive technology Wi-Fi wave. And I've definitely over the years gone through phases where my digital diet was very, very unhealthy. And I've gone through phases, or at least now I feel like I have decent boundaries up, I'm still working at it, but I feel like my digital diet is moderate to healthy now. Especially knowing technology isn't going anywhere, the internet, for all we know, isn't going anywhere unless something seriously random and wrong happened with the world, which at this point, I'm not voting it out as a possibility. Building a strong digital diet within yourself and within your life is super important in terms of keeping your overall health and your life health just more balanced and dare I use the word again, healthy. First things first, when it comes to technology, social media, the internet in general, the first question to ask is what exactly is your purpose with these things? So maybe you do use technology or the internet for work, for school. Maybe you use it for inspiration, for fitness, for a sense of community, a sense of inspiration, for knowledge, to learn, to grow, to connect with other people, to stay in touch with loved ones, motivation for resources, for better understanding yourself or the world, or for play, like just for fun or for gaming. There are so many uses of technology in the internet. So it's really interesting to ask yourself this because I don't think I, I myself have ever really sat down and done that before. I wrote out my notes for today's chat. And when I asked myself like, what is my purpose with technology and the internet? I mean, obviously first came my job, but after that, it was super interesting to ask myself this question and be like, what do I really look for in the internet? I love learning. I love growing. Definitely 
definitely a sense of community and connection as well. I use technology for gaming sometimes, living alone, during a lockdown. I haven't seen my friends in so long. I don't think a lot of us have, and so technology has been really huge and amazing for that too. So just take a second and ask yourself, what is your purpose with technology, with Wi-Fi, with social media? And even if only like one or two words come to mind right now, it's a good place to start because it's really giving your brain the task to ask, what do we even use this for? Obviously you can have things from a computer desktop to a laptop to a tablet to a cell phone and there's headphones and probably lots of other things, gaming consoles, all of that good stuff. But our cell phones are what we use the most. So ask yourself this question now, does your cell phone push you forward or move you forward or is it utilized in your life? Or is it a method or means of distraction, of chaos, of really kind of just a hot adorable mess without the adorable maybe because cell phones aren't really that cute. I think that there's this common theme sometimes when it comes to technology and social media and the internet to villainize it as if it's a thing, a bad thing. And I've done this myself. Like I've been like, oh, the internet sucks. I remember when TikTok came out, I was like, Heaven forbid that we made it to a time. This is my Lady Lavender voice, by the way. This is my old lady. She's 80. I call on her a lot, but she has lots of thoughts and opinions on things. I don't even remember, man. It had something to do with like, now we only care about 20 seconds of content because our brains can't even hold on to something longer than that or something along those lines. Like I was old school. I am old school. Like I still don't really use TikTok that much. TikTok kind of scares me. I have to be honest with you. But exactly that, TikTok isn't scary. TikTok is a neutral thing. It is a tool. Your cell phone, the internet, social media, all of these things are tools. No different than a hammer or a screwdriver. Well, actually highly different because a hammer has really only one action or use, maybe two, but the internet, there's lots of uses on there. But what I'm trying to get at is that a hammer can be used to hammer a nail into a wall, like a tool, or it can be used as a murder weapon. I listen to a lot of true crime, okay? So that's where my brain goes. But that's a really good example because either way, the hammer is still just a tool. It's all about how you use the hammer that makes it good or bad. Same thing with technology, same thing with Wi-Fi, same thing with the internet, same thing with social media. It's all just tools, tools that have been provided to us, tools that we live in such an incredible abundant world that we have been given that our great ancestors would have thought was alien. They would have looked at iPhones, cell phones, any cell phone that's like pretty much out on the market right now and been blown away. Imagine if our greatest great ancestors could have just Googled how to start a fire, could have just ordered an Amazon Prime fire kit to their cave and it would have been there in one business day. Could you imagine that? Posting Snapchats, raving in their cave and invited other people from other caves that then got on their horses or camels or I don't know, I really need to do more research on the types of transportations that were taken back in the caveman days, but maybe it was the stick wheel, I don't know, but rode their whatevers over to cave 206 to go to that party. Could you imagine? They would be blown away. It's all about how you use it. The best way to control yourself with the way that you use these things is to set boundaries. So let's come back to the phone. Does your phone 
help you or inhibit you. And that's a scale. It might not do one or the other. You might be kind of in between, which is where I was before I started doing research on today's topic, where I was like, wait, my phone doesn't necessarily inhibit me, but it also isn't utilized to help me in the best way that this tool possibly can. These things, our phones, our tablets, our computers, even our TVs are smart now. Everything is smart now, except for, you know, us. Just kidding. These things are so customizable. They put tools in the tool to help us use it as a better tool. Do I think big tech companies and I, we're not having that conversation today. Do I think that possibly they come out with a new version of everything every single year to feed into the consumerism hole and the detriment to the environment? Yes. But do I think that they create these things thinking like, yes, let's make all of the human beings on earth robots and suck them into our evil devices. Like, no. I truly believe that the invention of these things came from truly wanting to create a better tool to help human beings. So if you haven't done this before, you might need to dedicate a decent chunk of time to doing this because it can take some time, which is why I honestly feel like I didn't do it for the longest time because I just, procrastinated the thought of it, like there was always something better to do, but what else do we use more than our phones, right? So, I mean, at least again, just in my life, like I use my phone more than I use probably anything. And so taking the time to utilize my phone, it wasn't really like the last thing on the needs to do list. It was really kind of up there with importance and just, just without a timeline. Go through all your apps, get rid of any app that you just don't use. You can always re-download it, but odds are you probably use on tops like five to six apps, but you probably have upwards of 30 plus apps on your phone. Turf them, get rid of them. Go through all of your subscriptions and make sure that you're unsubscribed to anything annual that you don't plan on renewing. You know those like sneaky subscriptions where it's like seven day free trial and you sign up for the seven day free trial and then seven days later you're charged for an annual subscription of like $250, that recently happened to me. So make sure that you go in and check all your subscriptions, unsubscribe from those things too, delete accounts that you're not using anymore and don't just log off and never use them again. It's actually super important to delete them. So what I'm getting at here is if you're not using certain accounts anymore, if you're not using certain websites, certain programs anymore, just delete, fully delete your account. Just to save yourself, you know, the headache or the heartache in case, just in case something were to ever happen. Go in and customize your turn on times, your turn off times, like you can do this on most phones and most devices now. You can say, hey, at this time, lock down all my apps so that I'm not, you know, just mindlessly using my phone. Or, hey, at this time, tell me to go to bed and remind me to wake up. In a sense, like, again, I think our great ancestors would be like, you need a phone to tell you when to go to sleep and to wake up. But our lives are very different than the lives of our great ancestors. A lot of us are jamming a million things into our weeks because of just the way the cookie crumbles. And so having your phone again, help you as a tool to remind you like, hey, it's getting close to 10 p.m., time for you to go to bed. Hey, 6 a.m., time for you to wake up. Like customize all of these things so that you can really, again, use this tool to your best benefit. Delete old conversations or messages you're not having anymore. Go through your pictures, make all your albums. And then if you have a lot of photos, like I have upwards of, I, I think it's like, 30,000 photos on my iCloud. So I've just been going in and doing like 10 pics a day or whenever I have some spare time, you know, just chilling, watching TV. I'll just like organize a few photos, you know, morning bathroom break, organize a few photos. Is that TMI? Probably, but it's, it's real life. It's human shit. <laughs> 
pun intended. One of the most old school pieces of advice I will give, but probably the best piece of advice I've ever done for myself in the last few years of running an online business is have a separate, physical, non-technical, non-digital place where you keep all your logins and passwords of every account that you have so you can keep these things in track. So let me start by saying that you don't need to buy something to do this. You can definitely do it with old notebooks or old pieces of paper you already have, but they do sell things like this. This is just a little mini book that I have. Internet address and password logbook. And I would show you the inside, but it is full of passwords and logins to all of my accounts. And keeping it here is much safer than keeping it in a digital note or anywhere on your phone or on your devices just in case again not to like freak anybody out but like if you ever get hacked then all your passwords are in one digital place for someone to like get in on them you know I'm not super tech savvy by the way so I don't even know what it would take for someone to hack but I know that it's a lot easier than we assume especially people that are really good at hacking and so doing this sometimes being old school is being really smart. Speaking of keeping yourself safe, we also need to talk about how to keep ourselves protected online, which is again a super important thing as more and more of our lives become more digitalized. When I open my phone, my banking's on there. My every like I couldn't I could have not bought a house without my laptop, my cell phone and email and like digital contracts, like so many things. So how do you keep yourself protected? I mean, first and foremost, if you haven't already done this, definitely add a passcode to your devices, all of your devices. And again, I don't know if this is the same on every single device, but you can also set passwords to enter certain apps as well. So if you keep really personal information on certain apps, put a passcode on those apps so that certain people can't get into them either. Now this is good for, you know, if someone's like in your physical vicinity, which I mean, a lot of the times the people that you trust, you're not so much worried about going through your phone unless we won't go there. Next, set up your lost devices if you haven't done this already. So again, I use an iPhone and there is Find My iPhone. Fun fact, when I did my research for today's chat, I did not have Find My iPhone on. So if I would have lost my iPhone, it would have been gone forever, never to be seen again. So set up your lost devices apps, set up a anything that can basically help you find your device once you lose it. Now the next piece of advice I have is really just good information that you can do with it as you wish, but it is to do your best to avoid using public Wi-Fi. I used to go to cafes all the time and work there just to get out of my house when I lived in Toronto or, you know, just in general when you're like, I don't know, eating dinner, you're like, hey, what's the Wi-Fi? So I can just like not use my data right now. Like I totally understand the enticement of using public Wi-Fi. But the thing about using public Wi-Fi and signing into things like public Wi-Fi is that a lot of the times you might be giving this public Wi-Fi permission to track what you're doing, what apps you're using, and on top of that, anybody else that's also connected to that public Wi-Fi has an easier accessibility to potentially hacking you. Again, I'm not super tech savvy, so I have no idea how that works, but usually public Wi-Fi isn't overly protected and connecting to it might give someone the possibility to hack you, track you, or just tune into what you're doing on your phone or your computer or any of the above. Some other options are, especially if you can get unlimited data on your cell phone. You can use your own hotspot in a cafe. It's been a nightmare, but there's these rocket hubs you can get where you can basically carry it around and get Wi-Fi wherever you are. That's how I have Wi-Fi out in the countryside right now. And it's horrible. So maybe I shouldn't recommend this, but it is again an option. And that's just my experience. You might not have a terrible experience, but just finding a way that you can still work publicly. Although most of us aren't out in the public right now, but once we do get back to a point like that or a place like that, 
Instead of using public Wi-Fi, you can set yourself up with ways to still be able to work remote, but use your own Wi-Fi. And next in terms of protecting yourself is to check the permission that you give certain apps. For instance, did you know that the WhatsApp app back in 2018, in order to continue using the app, you had to give WhatsApp permission to have access to your calendar, to your camera, to your microphone, to your contacts, to your storage, to any possible body sensors, and to your SMS. And unless you gave WhatsApp permission to access all of those things, you were no longer allowed to use this app. And most people don't know that. Most people, like myself, don't read into the terms and conditions when signing up for certain accounts or certain applications. And so look into the types of permissions that you give certain apps. And if you're super lazy about this, hi, I get you. Just Google it. A lot of people have already shared this information online, have already broken down the kinds of permissions that certain big apps basically need from you or ask from you. And it's definitely an empowering thing for your own protection to just know this, even if you're still going to allow it. Back in the fall, I watched this video by ASAP Science and it was along the lines of like, is your phone listening to you? And in that video, it talked about how a lot of huge apps, including kids games, use this program called Alfonso. It's said to only listen to the TV advertisements playing in the background so that it can better understand basically the advertisements that you're hearing and listening to. They also claimed not to record human speech, but how do they tell the difference is my question. How do you know the difference between someone speaking on the TV and someone speaking in real life? Serious question. I'll wait. On top of that, Facebook used something called Pixel, which it was basically able to track you from when you left Facebook and follow you to every website or anything you search after being on Facebook. Now, I have a MacBook, so recently I've noticed that on Safari, it shows you that it's actually stopping these websites from tracking you anymore, and it'll even show you X amount of websites have been stopped from tracking you, and then you can hit the breakdown list, and it'll show you which ones, and Facebook has shown up for me before, so I do believe they're still using this, but it's basically, again, to create a consumer profile around you, to better understand your behaviors online, the, your purchases, your interests, the things that captivate you and catch your attention. Again, I don't think that this is with ill intent. I think it's all just the economics and the morals of economics, which is basically growth in terms of money and customers. And so the humanness is kind of taken out of it and get you to spend more money and get you to, you know, purchase that thing that the ad keeps popping up for you, that listens to your conversations and then shows you an ad about the thing you were talking about. That's why these things happen. It's part of your consumer profile and again I, I truly do not believe this is done with ill intent it's just trying to understand behaviors of human beings in order to get them to become a customer and to spend their money being aware of this staying aware of this is super important because it's gonna stop you from doing unconscious things from following down the wormhole of these enticing advertisements or sales or clickbaity things did you know that data has officially surpassed the value of things like oil and gold. Just allow that to sink into your brain for a second. The data, the data on you, the data on me, the data on all of us, learning our online behaviors, all of these things, the things that we use, the things that we watch, the things that we search, the things that we buy, where we live, our gender, our age, our everything, that data is officially more important than the resources like oil and gold that have been the most valuable on earth for centuries. The thing about data 
is it reveals unexpected trends in our behaviors, unexpected little things that we might be interested in, niches and such, and it uses this information, this data on you, which each time you use your phone or laptop, you're adding more data to the system to learn your behaviors and then to use that information to basically continue making you a consumer, you know? Businesses can use this data to not only get on top of their competitors, but also to learn their customer profile and to understand what's going to better hook somebody's attention, hook their customer's attention and allow them to spend more time on their profile, more time on their page or more money buying their product. I mean, I'm not here to have that debate today, but I would definitely say that there's probably been a lot of misuse of data. There has been a lot of misuse of data. There's been a lot of privacy issues when it comes to data that people are concerned about rightfully. There's just something that just feels wrong to me about even if it's not intentional, the psychological use of things like data to get people to do unconscious things. It's not that black and white. This is just me stating my opinion on it. There's so much we can go off with here because even just based on the systemic racism in our culture, our actual algorithms our artificial intelligence can actually unintentionally become racist based on the data it's collecting all of this technology that we're talking about right now all it is is coding it breaks down to numbers I mean why are we really surprised the whole universe breaks down to numbers let's say for instance that you have a photo of people at a party and AI the algorithm looks at this photo and goes these are people partying, but every person in the party photo is white. Then it'll assume then that only white people like to party. I don't know, this is a terrible example, but I'm going off my memory from the Netflix Explained documentary about coding. Artificial intelligence can look at that photo of like six white people partying with all white people in the background and have a programmed point of view now about partying. This is a terrible example, but just go with me here. And that programmed point of view will now be racist because it's going strictly off data and the data off that photo says 30 plus white people at party. So my memory on this example is terrible, so bear with me. But it's just the fact again that our algorithms, our artificial intelligence, we need to be very careful that it's not profiling people and again having a programmed point of view that could be racist, that could be prejudiced, that could be just so detrimental in so many ways. These are definitely just points of concern, things that we should be talking about because again technology isn't going anywhere for all we know. So. What do you do? Now that we've had the morbid end of this conversation, let's talk about the things we can do about it because there are a lot of things that you are fully empowered to do. Number one is set up something like a VPN. VPNs basically just hide your IP address. So this is especially important if you are using public Wi-Fi. You can set up your VPN so that it actually protects your IP address from anybody that's using the same public Wi-Fi. The only problem is a lot of the times public Wi-Fis don't allow you to use a VPN. I've struggled with this before. VPNs also protect your data. They protect anything that you have stored on the device that you have a VPN from. It's basically like creating a shield around the device that you're using. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, 
I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The next thing that you can do is protect yourself by setting boundaries with yourself for times that you're going to be online and times you're going to be offline. For instance, I have a 6 p.m. turn off time and sometimes the odd time I'll be on my phone after 6 p.m. or social media after 6 p.m. Texting is not as big of a deal or like FaceTiming people doesn't count. But having a designated turn off time, especially with social media, has worked numbers on just my general sense of like energy of even self-esteem and again do i think social media is an evil thing no i just think that our brains are not built to fully be taking in the types of information that we get just from one scroll on social media and so it's kind of impossible not to intake all of this information and not feel a little electrocuted or like frazzled or just short fused in a sense. Customize it so only those apps turn off after 6pm but you're still allowing yourself to text or to use, I don't know, Safari or your banking app. I don't know. <laughs> Another thing you can do is to go into the accessibility or what you've given permissions to on your phone, strictly in your phone settings or your laptop settings or your device settings and turn off things like access to microphone, access to photos or access to camera unless you're using the app. Update all of your passwords and security, especially if you haven't done that in a little while. Lock away anything that is private, anything that could be potentially threatening to you if it was made public, okay? Basically what I'm saying here is don't shame your sexuality if you want to take hot kinky photos. Just make sure you are protecting yourself and your hot kinky photos that they only get to the eyes that you want them to see and to make sure you're not uploading those things to like the cloud or to like Google Drive or any kind of backup device to make sure that you're keeping again your privacy yours. Cover up your webcam. This is another huge one because again these are things that can be hacked into and used and 
kind of creeped on or spied with without your knowledge. This is not to scare anybody. Again, like what are the odds that someone's hacking into your webcam? I don't know. But is it hurt to cover it up with a little post-it note? Never. And of course, stay away from suspicious downloads. Attempting to download anything that you shouldn't be downloading that isn't legitimate or secure. So music that's free, books that you're trying to get pirated, movies that you're trying to get pirated. And basically don't download anything you shouldn't be downloading because a lot of the times there can be viruses in those downloads, there can be spyware in those downloads, there can be hackers using these fake downloads for free books or free things that you're trying to like get by paying for and then you screw yourself over because you've given access to something you probably shouldn't be giving access to. One of the most helpful things I've ever done in terms of my spending was to pick one day a week or you could do one day a month to pay all your bills and to do all of your online shopping in one go, especially right now. Again, maybe you don't shop online, but right now everything is in lockdown where I am. I basically have to shop online. Having one day a week to put in all of these orders is well, all of them. It's pretty much just my groceries on a weekly basis, but having one day a week to order my groceries and anything else I might potentially need. And then one day a month to do all my bills at once. It stops me from random shopping at random times. So, you know, that enticing ad that's like, Hey, the dress you've been looking at, it's on sale. It's $30 cheaper than it was last time you saw it. Your brain's going to be like, no, I'm not doing that because it's not my mindful Monday purchase day. And I'm not making purchases on a Thursday afternoon. If you are not hundred percent computer tech savvy or whatever, or you're just sometimes lazy and you just want the answer the easy way, I get it. Google, Google is your best friend. And that doesn't mean because we're going to get to this, that everything you read on Google is legitimate, but there are lots of forums, lots of people that have already answered a lot of the questions that we want to know about technology online. And so yes, do your research, make sure you're back checking or fact checking what you're reading. But a lot of the times you can just Google things you don't know, like, Hey Google, what permissions did I give Instagram? Which again leads me to my next piece of advice, which is to fact check everything you hear, everything, including the things I'm telling you always, always do your own research. Don't just read a title of an article and not read the article and assume that title told you the truth about the article or what they were reporting on, you know, dive deep into things. Don't just take things at face value. One of the apps that bothers me the most about this is I recently started using Snapchat again. And as soon as I open Snapchat to like that homepage, every single little story thing that they try and get you to watch every single title on there is like the worst and I hate this word, but cringiest, just most clickbaity Chloe Kardashian shows her new bikini off. That's one of the better ones. Don't just take things at face value. Don't just judge a book by its cover. Don't just assume that even when someone's saying something super confidently that they're necessarily always telling the truth at the same time though, give people the benefit of the doubt. Like I like to assume the best in people, especially online, but vibes don't lie. Vibes definitely do not lie. So trust the vibe you get off people. Context is everything. And it's hard to assume, you know, somebody just through a screen. I mean, I don't know the Paul brothers, but I know my opinion on them. That said, is that true to who they are? Probably not because I don't know them in person. Just another really bad example of all the things I'm trying to explain today. And also, and I say this very delicately, I'm very aware of the type of commitment, schooling, passion and money it takes to go and get things like a bachelor's, like a PhD, like an MD, but don't just assume everybody who has these things beside their name, always giving the best information or isn't giving 
often sometimes misleading information. Don't just assume that people that know things know everything or know every side or every bit of information about that thing. Just because I went to yoga teacher training doesn't mean that I am a professional at the knowledge of yoga. I've done a little bit of schooling and even in that schooling, I was getting one perspective from one teacher. It isn't until I go get taught by other teachers and other types of yoga that I will expand my knowledge. But even then I am just one perspective, one person that even with doing like 200 hours, even 300 hours, any kind of yoga program beside my name, it's still beside my name. I'm still a human being. I can still make mistakes. I can still be biased. I don't know. This is a hard thing for me to even say because I truly, truly also think that it is really important to make sure that you're getting good information from good people. All I'm saying is just don't 100% trust everything you read and see on the internet. You know, should I say that? Yeah, I should. That's truly what I believe. And last but not least, I know we've sprinkled it into our conversation today, but we have to talk about social media because I think that this is the one area of the internet and technology where a lot of us, you know, kind of spend the most of our time and also unfortunately hold the most value in terms of our online connection. Social media is nothing different than a restaurant. I mean, it's a lot different, but just follow me here. When you go into a restaurant and you sit down, you choose what you want to eat. Just like when you go on social media, you choose what you want to consume. How you choose this is by what you follow, or if you're in a restaurant, what you pick off the menu. Once you've picked something off the menu, you have no control over how the cook cooks that thing. Just like once you've chosen who you follow, you don't really have that much control over how the algorithm feeds you the information or the energy that you've wished to consume or content that you've wished to consume. Pick wisely off the menu. Sometimes when you go out for dinner to a restaurant, you want just a greasy piece of pizza. Sometimes when you go out to the restaurant, you want to eat a super healthy, wholesome, balanced meal of protein, carbs, and fats. The same thing goes with who you follow. Sometimes you just want to follow someone like, I don't know, what's a good example? I followed Bella Hadid for a really long time. I recently unfollowed her in my unfollow spree of just like trying to surround myself with super healthy content because I didn't really feel like I was getting a lot from it. And like, to be honest, I love Bella Hadid. I'm trying to say this in the best way because I'm not shaming Bella Hadid. Bella Hadid is beautiful. My brain wouldn't register like, okay, some of that is cosmetic surgeries. I don't know what her lifestyle's like. Is she really healthy? How does she look like that? Maybe I shouldn't really care this much. Maybe it's time I unfollow. So love Bella Hadid, by the way. Just need to say that because like no shame. I'm just saying that Maybe you want to have that greasy piece of pizza of following somebody like a model who doesn't necessarily feed a lot into your life, but it's just like fun content to consume. Two, the healthy balanced meal of following people like big authors that I'm super inspired by that post really wholesome content or like good news movement, which posts super wholesome content all the time or people who motivate me or people who are out there trying to change the world, you know? And so having that balance online is just as important as having the balance on your plate. And that doesn't mean that you don't have a greasy piece of pizza every now and then. It just means you don't make your entire digital diet the same way you don't make your entire food diet greasy pizza or else you're gonna feel like crap and you're gonna get sick. Coming full circle here, define your purpose with social media too. What is your purpose with being online tapped into this interconnected woven 
digital tapestry of humans. What are you looking for when you scroll? If what I did for a living wasn't what I did for a living, I don't know, I never started my YouTube or whatever, I'm not sure if I would've stayed on social media, you know? I, I don't know, I question that a lot. I'll never know because that wasn't my, the way my life turned out. But in terms of what I wanna see when I'm scrolling, I wanna see inspiration. I wanna see updates on my friends and their lives. I wanna see things that make me feel happy, that make me go, oh, because like, I love that feeling. Cute animals and cute old couples and places around the world that I'd love to travel to. I wanna see yoga, I wanna see nature, I wanna see people I look up to. Like these are the types of things I wanna see. I wanna see motivation, inspiration, healthy content. I wanna see cool facts about the world, things I don't know. I wanna see really relevant information to what's going on in the world. These are the things I wanna see when I scroll, just like these are the things I wanna taste in my meal. And so using that, I can pick the right things to follow. Another really good question you can ask yourself when it comes to social media is does this account, does this person, does this content align with my values? And then furthermore, does it or is it safe from my well-known fears and insecurities? Because we, there's no way to cut fear out of your life. There's no way to cut insecurity out of your life. Can you work with those things? Absolutely. One of the ways you do work with these things is by knowing your triggers. And so, like I said, unfollowing someone like Bella Hadid was me protecting my own well-known fears and insecurities. I know how I can be when I'm followed or surrounded by women who are obviously beautiful but look nothing like me, that my body isn't meant to look like, that my lifestyle is nothing like, and so following these accounts made me feel more insecure and triggered me into unhealthy behaviors and habits that I was stuck in a loop in for a very long time. This was me just protecting my own well-known fears and insecurities, things that it's okay to have, it's human to have. Again, it's a really empowering way to just take care of yourself. Now, a quick second on branding, because we've been chatting for a long time, but I, I wanna dive into what it actually is to be on social media if you are on social media. Now you do not have to do this, but everybody that's online has their own, in a sense, personal brand. Your personal brand is not something you have to think about. It's probably just the things you post, the things you share, the things you like to scroll and see. So I like to look at branding like boundaries. So let me break that down for a second. So your branding might be that you share poetry that you write, but you don't share photos of your children. Maybe you share really yummy, healthy recipes and dates you go on with your husband or your boyfriend or your partner, but you don't share open diaries about the way you feel about things. Maybe your branding is you like to share pictures of cups of coffee and your dog, but you don't share anything at all about your personal life. Maybe you share travel content, but you don't share your home life. Technically, these are branding. These are what you put out to the world is really the identity you build for yourself online. Identity and brand can be pretty interchangeable, if you ask me. I'm not a marketing specialist, but again, your brand or your online identity is also your boundary. It's the you that you show up in the world as, but you don't have to show every single version of who you are online. As someone that is a creator online, this is something I struggled with for years. I have broken this down with my therapist from every angle about, you know, just really internalizing mean comments where people were like, oh, she only shows you what she, what she wants you to see, or she's super inauthentic and things. And I have done the best I possibly can to be as authentic as I possibly can be, even times where I was struggling in my life. I was just doing my best to be as real and honest and uplifting as possible. There are different levels of intimacy that you get on with different people, and it's the exact same thing online. And so just pick the level of intimacy that you are comfortable 
comfortable with sharing online and don't go further than that because then you're putting yourself into a danger zone, a threatening zone, a, a place where you feel like you are unsafe, that you are not allowed to just be yourself and share. And this was huge for me because it allowed me to build my branding around the things I was comfortable sharing and know that it wasn't inauthentic or fake to hold back things that I wanted to keep just for myself that I didn't want to be part of my online identity. And so these are really important things and questions to ask yourself because find your boundaries with what you're willing to share with the online world, what you're basically willing to share with the mass public, even if you don't have a massive following, it's still anybody can access that content unless you are a private account. So ask yourself, like, what is your boundaries? What are your branding? What is the things that you're willing to share? What is the level of intimacy that you're willing to get to online? And then stay there and allow those to be your boundaries and allow yourself to feel safe online with how much of yourself that you share. And lastly about social media is not gonna be as easy as I'm about to say it, but it's to not use social media as a tool because it is a tool, but don't use it as a tool of validation or comparison, which is really hard because I'm basically telling you to take the parts of the deep wirings in your brain and turn them off, which is really impossible, especially if you are in a pattern or have already habitually used social media as a way to validate or unvalidate yourself or to compare your life to other people. These are just patterns though. You're able to break them with dedication and time and patience and hard work with yourself, but work on it now, start now. Stop validating yourself based on how many people like your photo, comment, and support you. This is also huge for if you are anybody that's running an online business. A personal example or a personal experience I went through was really internalizing and really feeling hurt by how unsupported I felt by people in my actual personal life. Not every video because I post a lot, but like watch almost every video or like or comment or just let me know that they've seen what I'm doing, that they've seen what I'm creating and posting and like working so hard for and it's like invaluable to me. I'm getting emotional right now. Sorry, my hormones are whack, but it's really invaluable to me. Like I get it. People's lives are busy. Not everybody has time to like watch their online friend post all the stuff that they post. My online content is also very surrounded by my personal life. So maybe my friends don't want to just constantly know what I'm up to all the time. That's fine. But I just say this because it, it became a really hard spot for me to work through that validation tool. I, for the longest time was basically trying to chase the pain and the problem of wanting to feel validated at a younger age, wanting to feel validated in high school. And because I didn't get the validation then, when I started getting validated online, I still looked for the same type of validation I was looking for as a child or in high school. And then when I didn't get it, I really struggled to feel validated and to feel good about myself and good about all these things I was doing and creating and working so hard for it was it was really hard to like be honest about that and again went to therapy with it because I was like why am I this way and once I humanized myself and realized that that's just a very like normal thing that we do I was able to notice it for what it is and call myself out each time I still do it to this day because it is a pattern like if I post something and then I see that none of my friends liked it I'm like wow friends where's the support like what the hell but then I check myself and I'm like hey we don't need that for validation and also you know, spin off topic, but a lot of the times, like, this is also a really good place to start looking at the types of people you surround yourself with because who you surround yourself with is who you are. And 
I want to be surrounded by people that want to support one another and lift each other up and see each other do well. Anyway, it's just like a really interesting thing when we get online and we use these things to validate ourselves or to compare ourselves. Another great example I'll give as a personal just experience I've had was that I used to compare how my content would perform against somebody who makes similar content to me. I used to just like beat myself into oblivion about it. I'd be like, okay, I need to work harder. Like I need to do better. I know that I know the audience is out there. I know people want to see this content. Like I can do better. And instead it was like, why isn't what I've already done enough? So why was I comparing first of all? And why did I need more people to validate me in order to feel like what I had created was already enough. I just want to normalize this. If you've ever done this, if you've ever looked at someone's life and compared your own and been like, well, I feel like shit now. Or if you've ever gone online and been like, none of my friends are liking my posts, really silly things that our brains like to tell us sometimes, but they tell us these things because of the way that we're programmed. It's normal to experience this. It's normal to feel this way. Our brains were not given the chance to catch up to technology. These subconscious things are going on all the time. So it's just be aware of it. Break the pattern with yourself, call yourself out, be like, there I go, seeking validation again, or there I go, comparing my life again. And then it just gets yourself out of the habit and allows you to stop, put it down, walk away, go do something else. Like validate yourself, man. You don't need other people to validate you. The last thing I wanna say is again, I just wanna hit this final point home. Just be very aware of the fight for your attention because it's always there even if you don't notice it. And I say that again, even as I have like one foot in the door and one foot out. On a small scale, I have one foot in the business side of social media and technology and the internet. I have one foot in the platform side, the branding side, the business side, the content creator side. But I also have one foot in the other door too, where I'm just an other person that's online, that's scrolling, that is a customer, that is a follower, that is a subscriber. I see it from both sides. So I know that there is a constant fight for your attention. Your eyes, your energy, your money, your follow, your attention, it is needed in order to keep the online system running the way it is. You can take the biggest companies, the biggest businesses in the world, and if they didn't have their customers, they would be nothing. You can take the biggest creators online and if they didn't have their viewers, their community, they would be nothing. If I didn't have you guys, I would be, what would I be doing this for? There would be nobody to see it. Would I probably still do it out of the love? Yeah, probably, but not nearly to the extent I'm doing it right now. Like you are needed. You are so needed online. You're everything, your energy, attention, all of this. And so again, empower yourself by knowing that because when you open up YouTube and the algorithm is showing you a bunch of clickbaity shit, you can choose not to click it. If there was nobody to buy, watch, or listen, then there wouldn't be content to create or a reason to sell things, you know? So again, try to assume the best in people, but also like keep an eye open, just keep your foot on both sides, wanting to see the best in people, but also wanting to protect yourself. And last but not least, I wanna hit this point home more than anything we've talked about today, and it is to ground yourself offline. I have one last question for you. If the internet were to go away overnight tonight, would you be okay waking up tomorrow? How much of your entertainment, your self-validation, your amusement, your worthiness, your belongingness is tied to being online? Asking yourself this question is huge because it's basically going to show you where your digital diet is at because 
the best digital diet is if the digital world went away that you would still be able to thrive and survive engage with your physical life engage with the people around you if you if you have people around you engage with your hobbies your interests engage with the outdoors engage with things that don't require you to be tapped in online engage your brain in other ways engage with your friends in ways that don't need Instagram or snapchat like yes these are great ways to stay connected but keep yourself grounded offline have boundaries with your online life and other than that that's all I've got to say today so I hope you guys enjoyed today's chat on having a healthy digital diet I think this conversation is really important and if there's anything you'd like to add or keep the conversation going with feel free to leave it in the comment section on YouTube down below sending you guys so much love through all the digitalness screens and coding that would have taken me to be from this setting to this lens to this camera to this computer to the editing to the software to the uploads to the youtube to the sound waves that are going into your ears that allow you to hear my voice right now which is a lot of love and i really do feel it for you and outside of that that was really corny but outside of that i'll talk to all of you guys in our next chat bye guys <laughs> wow <laughs> coffee burps are gross what am i even trying to say right now i don't even know does anybody know? No. Nobody knows what I'm trying to say. That's fine.